0: Tottenham Hotspur secured Champions League football for a third consecutive season under Mauricio Pochettino as Harry Kane's 28th goal of the season ensured Spurs will once again be dining at the top table of European football at their brand new stadium next season. As we have the last word on Spurs. <laughs> To the last word on Spurs, as you are aware, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at last word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of the last word on Spurs, we'll be discussing Tottenham Hotspurs march back to the Champions League for a third consecutive season. We'll be taking a whole host of your questions for tonight's panel. And finally looking ahead to our final game of the season, Leicester City. So, without further ado, let me introduce the three chaps talking us through tonight. As always, as he has been all season, I've got Jason McGovern with me. Jace, how are you?
2: Absolutely delighted, mate, and uh, looking forward to tonight.
0: Yes, very much so, Jace, And I think it's fair to say we're lucky that West Brom um, show didn't come out in the end. I think this is going to be making more up for it, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I, I, I I don't mind, mate. It's just uh, nice for us to uh, have put a zip across one or two places today. That's for sure.
0: Oh, that is most definitely for sure. Well, joining Jason tonight and delighted to have him back on the show. He was meant to be arranged for West Brom, but he's back for this one. It's John Mannings. How are you, John? Hello,
3: mate. Very happy. Uh, still still buzzing from last night. Yeah, really pleased. Glad to glad to joining you tonight.
0: Oh. We're pleased to have you back on, John. I know it's been a while, so great to have you on the show. And finally, last but not least, always welcomed on this show, we've got the brilliant Vass from Hotspur America. Vass, how are you?
4: I'm alright, thanks, Rick. Yeah, my butt cheeks are suitably unclenched and (laughs) happy to be here now.
0: (laughs) Oh, listen, we're happy to have you, Vass. Well, guys, we're reflecting on Spurs, as we said, qualifying for the Champions League for a third consecutive season in a row. Before we start to dissect the Newcastle game, let's hear from the man who has taken Spurs back to the Champions League for a third consecutive season in a row and, more importantly, bringing top-level European football to our new home, Maurizio Pochettino's thoughts after the game.
1: It was a real quality season for the group uh, to achieve the top four. Is I think it's a massa- massive achievement. I want to congratulate the, the player first of all. And then I want to congratulate all the staff that make possible every day to work hard and uh, help the team to achieve uh, all that we wanted. I think it's a massive uh, Massive congratulations! A massive uh, thank you to to the all the staff because uh, they were fantastic working so hard. 30 now nearly 38 uh, games. I went from home playing in Premier League. I think it's it's good to to say thank you to all the staff because that achievement, of course, is from the team, is from the players that score goals or defend or saving goal, but. The staff uh, was fantastic. I, I want to say thank you to to them because this achievement is part of uh, of, of them, of course. Too. The first step is to be competitive, to reduce the gap with the top four That was the challenge four years ago. Now, after no twenty two or twenty three years in Premier League, first time that Tottenham uh, is above that the, all the London London mm. clubs. <laughs> and then next is to win. Next is to win a trophy. No, that is the... Yes, but you need to build. We are not in a club that win a lot of in the last year. To create the winning mentality is achieve step-by-step step things and reach the level to and then to, 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 to be competitive and, and try to challenge the, the, the big size.
0: Jace, let me start with you. It wasn't pretty... But we somehow got over the line in the end against Newcastle. What did you make of it?
2: It didn't need to be pretty, mate. You know, we've been... We have lots of questions about us and can we bottle it and can we handle the occasion? And everyone kept saying it was a must-win game and by hook-lobber crook, we got across the line and kept a clean sheet, picked up the three points and it's, it's job done and as uh, simple as that. It wasn't pretty, as you say, but we got the job done and that's all we had to do and... Uh, now, now I'm really looking forward to Sunday and, and hoping we can, can make sure that we, we get another three points in the bag and finish finish above the other salty lot. Yeah,
0: well, it's quite funny, Jason. I've had a great stat today that it will be um, a record 77 points away from home if Spurs do go on to beat Leicester. That's pretty incredible, isn't it?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it.
2: they gonna break the record again.
0: Yeah, honestly, what an achievement that would be. Well, John, let me come round to you. Um, Tell us your thoughts on the game, John, because let's be honest about it. I mean, so important to get, like I say, that Champions League for a third consecutive season in a row under Pochettino and welcoming, you know, the new stadium in with top level European football. What an achievement, John, isn't
3: it? Yeah, it did add add that extra little bit of importance. Not that it wouldn't have been important anyway if we were staying at Wembley for for a second season, for example. But that was the, the massive carrot there for us was to be... You know, going into our new stadium, first season there, and having Champions League football to look forward to, I think it it, it was massively important. I mean, for all those people that have already lunched into their pockets and bought season tickets, Mm -hmm. they'll have that extra to look forward to. And uh, it's it's gonna it's you know it's the start of a new dawn at the club, and let's just hope that um, you know we start as we mean to go on, and that's being the Champions League regular. And you know, in in ten years' time, we're saying it's thirteen years on the bounce and so on, but in terms of the performance it was just one of those where it didn't really matter whether it was a scrappy 1-0 where you know we gave up more chances than we perhaps should have done defensively it was a uh, you know it didn't matter in the end whether it was like that or a swashbuckling 5-0 it, it the, the fact is we got three points chelsea only got one and uh, and here <laughs> we are a, happy talking you know talking about a, a third season in the Champions League already. And now we can, all, all of us who are going to Wembley and watching the game on Sunday can uh, relax. And as Vas has already touched upon, there'll be, uh, well, everyone can have unclenched cheeks, can't they? That, that was the important thing.
0: You know, yeah. to go into the
3: last game without needing to win
0: mm, oh, would don't. have
3: been, you know, at the end of a tough season. And you can see last yeah, night yeah, the yeah. players were suffering. You know, mm. you know the two or three players went down. We've got, obviously, worries about Trippier and Aaron and Wanyama. And, you know, even the players that played Well, Jan Vertonghen, I think, made a shaky start, didn't look right. Kane's not looked right for the last two or three weeks, although he's got four in six now, so you can't knock him. But yeah, just great feeling to, to finally be able to relax and just enjoy the final game of the season.
0: Yeah, got to agree with that. I mean, Spurs will finish this season as the top club in London for the first time in 23 years. We've just lost one Premier League game at Wembley in our past 17 matches. Vass, let me come around to you. I mean, as I said, it was nervy. Um, it wasn't pretty. But do you think the difference on the night, Vass, is that if Newcastle had a player with the ability to finish like Harry Kane, the result could have been a very much different one?
4: It's possible, Rick. I mean, they created two or three decent chances, didn't they? Mm. Um a credit to Hugo actually because yeah. Hugo's coming for some stick in recent weeks and um, he pulled off some good saves at critical times. Uh, his kicking was a lot better. He seemed to be um, barking a few orders from the back and, and whatever. I think you could see see it in his face really. I think all the all the players knew how much the game meant and they were totally focused on it. Perhaps it probably detracted from their play because maybe some of them were a bit nervous um, uh, having got into the situation that we had. But, yeah, Newcastle um, did threaten. But, really, aside from two or three decent chances that they had, uh, it it was a bit of a bitty game all round, wasn't it? I mean, I think Spurs Spurs had a couple of good chances. Um, Danny Rose had one right at the end, didn't he? And also, Wayne Yama scuffed one earlier. Uh, but it was um, it was just one of those games we just had to see out and we did it in the end.
0: Yeah, we did do it in the end. I mean, Jace question in here from Dean Graham. We'll try and read as many as we can, guys. This week, you've got so many into us. Dean says, Commentary stated how we edged over the line to get the win and get top four. Years ago, getting a win, even when we were playing poorly, was seen as something a top, top team does. When it comes to Spurs, why is the credit not given when it's due? What do you make of that one, Jace?
2: <laughs> no idea why it's not given, mate. But um, <clears throat> I don't know any like well. Maybe on the evening we we edged across the line because we weren't at our best. But overall, I don't know our side that was that's only been in the top ten over the last ten week, the top four over the last ten weeks, and was originally eight points behind Chelsea. I don't quite know how that's us creeping over the line. I think you know over the course of a season you, you finish where you deserve to be, and if if in the last few games we've stuttered and got across the line that way it's because we've played well enough in the first 20 what 30 games to put ourselves in a position where limping over the line was all we had to do and uh you know the pressure was on the, the clubs chasing us not on us and you know why <clears throat> we've said it all season haven't we? this seems the, the, the ridiculous nature of the media to to put down everything top them do and, and it's just another one to to try and bash us with i'm afraid
0: Mm. I mean, just to go on the other side of the fence, John, coming around to you, Glenn at Glen G1882 says, do you think the last few games have shown that we struggle to perform when under pressure and this is one of the reasons we struggle to get over the line when it comes to where we are at the moment or just going for a bad patch? But to be fair, John, you know the pressure was, you know, I don't think you could have had any more pressure that was on us against Newcastle the other night and the players come through it. Do you see what I mean on that point?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a fair question. I mean, we have started recently, but I think, if you take the if you take the league form uh, in, into isolation, it has been a bit a bit stuttery. But then you've got to factor into into the mix the Champions League exit and the FA Cup semi final as well. I think if if they were obviously if we'd have won then, then you're on the crest of a wave all the way through, and maybe your performances are, are are better. But I think you know, bearing in mind we did go out of both of them competitions, you know in. You know, it wasn't. It it there's never a nice way to lose, obviously, but there's regret there attached to both of those exits from those competitions. And for the players to be able to get mentally up for the challenge of finishing in the top four, I think it's commendable. Considering we've done it now. All right, we did, we did need we needed Huddersfield to do us a favour, but then we get three points on Sunday, and it turns out we never needed that that favour <laughs> anyway. But it's just that's 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 football. That is why football is what football is. That's why. You know, the intrigue and the suspense, and you never know what's going to happen. That is why it's adored by millions, billions of people across the world. It's just one of them. I think, as Jay just said, if you look over the course of the season, do we deserve it? Absolutely, we deserve it. We played every game away from home, technically. You know, all this stuff about hoodoos when we couldn't beat Swansea and Burnley earlier in the season at Wembley, and we've we've smashed all that. It's not a problem now. I'm just waiting for uh, August, September, when we haven't won our first two games at the new stadium and we're gonna have a hundred year hulu starting in, in Tottenham again from August. Mm-hmm. But as you know, you know what the media narrative's like. But of course. you know, regardless of whether it has been a bit of a stumble in terms of our performances have been a bit patchy lately. But the important thing is we've done it, we are in the Champions League again, and that's you know, that's all that matters to us really.
2: Can I just say that though, on Rick? On mm, that. Yeah. What pressure what pressure really until last night have we been under? Because when we left for Bridge, we were eight points clear. The following week, we go and win at Stoke and Chelsea only draw, which left us 10 points clear of them. And, you know, even Saturday at West Brom, we went into that West Brom game five points clear of Chelsea. So last night was really, since since winning at Stamford Bridge, last night was only the first time that we were under a, a bit of pressure for the spot, and we win that game. You so, would argue, though, Jason, the me, manner
0: of the performances recently, though, you, you would question yeah, no, they're not good enough. Absolutely, Yeah, no, without a doubt they haven't been.
2: But I think the, the problem since... Since uh, since winning at Stamford Bridge, is all three of us in the top four with the exception of City, all thought the job was done. So Man United have lost uh, at Brighton and they've lost at uh, home to West Brom. We've seen Liverpool get held by Stoke. We've seen Liverpool held by West Brom. They got held by Everton, and we got held by Brighton. I think it was just the three teams in there just thought job done. We're all in the top four and Liverpool concentrated on the Champions League. We went to Brighton, rested players for a semi-final and things like that. The only club that's really been under pressure to have to go and perform over those weeks is Chelsea, who were chasing us. And as soon as, as I say, as soon as the real pressure came on us last night, mm. we go and win the game. So, I, I, you know, I've said it all along, haven't I? Since, since the day we we won at Stamford Bridge, I've always looked at third, not being in the least bit worried about being caught.
0: Well, listen, that's the confidence for you. I mean, Spurs fans generally, Jace, I think we'd always be a, a little bit apprehensive, but I, I understand the point you're making. Getting worse is forget about the performance. We got the job done. Vass, coming over to you, I want to make a point what John alluded to just a couple of minutes ago. I mean, it shouldn't be underestimated what a great achievement it is from these players, Pochettino, you know, to play... Every single game away from home this season, where many doubted us at the start, you know, many called it a Wembley curse. We then got labelled when it came to the FA Cup semi-final that, you know, we were going to be favourites. The ground should have been moved because the Spurs were going into the game, having all that experience at Wembley. Just how big an achievement is it, Vass, to get over the line in terms of the Champions League? Yes, we all wanted a trophy. Yes, we're still all deeply disappointed. It hasn't ended in a trophy. But at the same time, surely credit La Pochettino for this achievement.
4: Most Definitely. I mean, it can't be understated. Uh, Jason touched on it, John, earlier about the who-do stuff at the start of the season. I was looking at some uh, posts from uh, before the season started when all the pundits were making their predictions. They didn't have us anywhere near the top four. They they had us like fifth, sixth or or thereabouts, uh, sixth generally. Um, So this was a massive achievement. And it wasn't just about playing the games uh, away from home technically we, we've had some horrendous injuries this season now I know Toby and, and Danny Rose have had their contractual issues as well or whatever's gone on behind the scenes but they were both out injured for a very long time as was Wanyama who was our player of the season last year um, we've, had, we've had some significant absences Harry Kane's been out and hasn't really recovered yet. So we've had to contend with all of that. And you can almost see that the players are practically just limping over the line at the moment. Mm. Um, What with Trippier and Wayne Yama going down again last night. Dyer's out injured, Dembele's out injured. So it's been a massive, massive achievement. And it's funny that um, whilst no one within the club has has said anything about this uh, while the season's been going on, Both Pochettino and Hugo have mentioned in the post-match press conferences about Spurs having achieved this, having played 37 matches so far away from home. It's the first time they've mentioned it. So clearly, that the it's the official line is is like making everybody aware just how big an achievement this was. And yeah, rightly so, they should be credited highly. I mean, who'd have thought we'd have got Champions League qualification? Three seasons on the trot, and if we do finish the job on Sunday and get the win, the last three seasons we'd have finished third, second, third. That that would have been undreamt of, not even four seasons ago. Mm. So yeah, terrific. uh, Props to Pochettino. He's had to he's had to hold his nerve amidst criticism was starting to surface um, last week. People questioning. The, the magic tag and all that and is he really magic and is he up to the job and he might have to stand down all this nonsense but he's building a foundation there and you could see the anxiety on his face last night actually standing on the touchline yeah he you was You
0: could see what it meant to him at the end
4: very yeah much like all the yeah. Coaching
0: staff. yeah
4: yeah and during the game i mean you could see he was like a bit on edge a bit unlike him really but it culminated in something good and we should appreciate it and and, and recognize it really
0: yeah, I mean, you make some great points there, Vass, in terms of the league finishes. I mean, it's fair to say when Pochettino took over, his aim was to close the gap on the top four. I mean, it is going to be our third consecutive season in the Champions League now. Just the need, surely now, Drace, for just the trophies to show his work. I mean, that's how I see it. That's where I think he's going to get that ultimate recognition. Once he gets that first trophy on board, I think the doubters will surely be silenced, won't they?
2: You would hope so you would hope so i mean what more can, can the bloke I said, can do
0: i don't know what more the bloke can do to prove you know how far he's taken the club i think that is ultimately just the key factor missing here just that trophy
2: yeah without a doubt that's that's the the next stage and i think you know once we're in that new stadium i've said it for a long time haven't i then the demands will change and hopefully he gets the the backing in the summer that enables him to 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 really formulate a, a squad of players that he thinks can win a win a trophy rather than just say 10 or 11 and then then the demands on him will, will go up and we'll see then if if he can handle the pressure that brings on but i think the job that he's done in the 3 years from when you know from from where we were when we took over that that horrendous performance at stoke 3 years ago with Cabal and fazio and kirikès and people like that in the team you know to inherit that mess that that was left when the Sherwood came and to, to be where we are now, I think, is is a fantastic job that he's done.
4: It's yes. funny you should mention that game, uh, Jase, because at that game, a lot of our fans were singing "We're fucking shit," weren't they?
2: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that, yeah, they were. It's just
4: that's, yeah, it was. it's crazy, and uh, we talk about going to the back home now after this season, but we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves because it's going to be a process of uh, acclimatizing again getting used to new surroundings and a new pitch and everything else so it's not going to be like the old white Hart lane certainly it's going to feel probably a lot more like home and it should create a better atmosphere within the stadium but we're going to need a bedding down period again so it's going to be interesting to see how we get on
0: really mm, you would think though Vass, because we've already gone through that once in terms of adapting to wembley you know, the players have already had that experience of having to adapt to a, to a new ground, new surroundings. There's absolutely no reason why you don't think they could, you know, do it again. Pochettino seems to have, you know, made it work for him this season in terms of, you know, it's still a great achievement. You look who we finished above: the likes of Arsenal. You look what they've spent, and I, I know it's like to always go back to net spend. I know people hate saying that, but we're above Liverpool, we're above Chelsea, we're above Arsenal. All these clubs, I mean, they've spent a ridiculous amount more money than us, which I think makes the achievement even more remarkable. And John, bringing you in. I mean, when I compare it there to the financial investments of those clubs below us, I mean, and you also take into account, you know, these teams have come to Wembley, John, and they've played it as their cup final. Doesn't that make it even more a great achievement?
3: Absolutely. I think, you know, we all, it's one of the things we're worried about at the beginning of the season, that every single side coming to Wembley would up their game, which naturally increases the scrutiny on our on our players to see, you know, how they handle that. You know, as you, as you mentioned earlier, since losing to Chelsea, it's one defeat in 17 in the Premier League. You know, and along the way we've beaten we've beaten Liverpool there uh, comfortably, beat Man United there, beat Arsenal there. You know, obviously in the Champions League as well, those special nights against Dortmund and Real Madrid. You know, I think it, it it's one of them things where for for what you know, it's not it's not a first, but what it seems like for the first time in ages, we've had this massive wall, if you like, put in front of us, and we've actually broken through it. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of you know it being our ultimate downfall this time it's not been and it, it for me it does show a, a shift in mentality at the club if you consider that you know if Pochettino manages to get us to to third on Sunday that's the first time since the period between 1960 and 1963 that we've had three top three finishes on the bounce if you consider how many times you know the club's only had 26 seasons in Europe in total and I, I think half of them must have been under Daniel Levy's stewardship stewardship so you think you know? I know every. They're not everyone's cup of tea. But yeah, of course. Yeah. We're going in the right. We're going in the right way. We really are, and I think that it really is. It really is a massive achievement. The thing is, the players set set the bar so high with their home home form at White Hart Lane last season. Obviously, seventeen wins and two draws. It was always going to be difficult to emulate that, and for that to be another stick to beat the players with, and ultimately they've they've come through it. Yeah. And you know, everyone's saying our... Salah's one of the best players in the world and Klopp's a genius and that. They could still end up below us and not winning any pots. If and Kane could still be in play, front but... of him for the
0: golden boot as well, John. Well, use... <laughs>
3: yeah. You know what? It, as, as nice as it would be for Kane to win another golden boot, I'm, uh, me personally, I'm not too worried about that. Mm. You know, it's always about the club first and the team. And yeah. if, if You know, a bit like last season, Hugo went into the final game hoping to win the Golden Glove and we let in a sloppy go at hole, didn't we? And it didn't happen. But then Kane scores seven in a week. And he ends up with a golden boot. But, listen, you, all the top clubs, for one of the first things any new manager in any of these top clubs in these big leagues have got to do is consolidate that club's place at the top table of European football. There's not going to be a sustained period during that club's history where they're winning pots and doing bits unless they are in the Champions League every single season. You've seen that all, all around Europe. And that's something that this club's never been able to do, is establish itself in the Premier European competition. And we're doing that now. Yeah. For me, that for me that's better than any one-off trophy, you know, whether it be whatever cup it might be. Even, you know, the much-lauded team of 1984 and those, that marvellous UEFA Cup team, they finished eighth that season, that team. No one, rem- all right, no one remembers that because ultimately we got a pot at the end of it. But for the first time in, a, in decades, it feels like we might be about to be able to combine the two of high league finishes and trophies eventually. Yeah, We've never been in a in a better position to do it anyway. That's, that's how I feel about
0: that. No, I mean, I think mean, that's spot on. Can I come around to you, Vass? and I'll ask you a question here from Dustin at Debo 1980 He says, as nervous as the last month has been, do you feel this is a great learning opportunity for the youngest team in the Premier League? Will this impact our mentality for future seasons? Proud of the team, Coys? I mean, he makes the point there. There was a lot of pressure on us against Newcastle. Forget the performance. The result is all that's going to be remembered. Do you think mentality-wise that is a big thing for this squad to get over the line? In this vest
4: yeah, I think so. I think they've been maturing gradually over the last three seasons or so. Um, we've fielded the youngest uh, squad for all of those three seasons, and they are going to they're, they're going to come across some some testing times. And they, they've done that this last month, and thankfully they've come through it. I suppose there's an argument for perhaps adding one or two more experienced players. But I think the players themselves are more experienced now and that should stand them in good stead for for the next season and seasons going forward. Obviously, it will depend on what our squad looks like uh, after the summer. But um, I think if you can keep the bulk of this squad together and build on it, then it sort of bodes well for the future.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, Jace, I want to come around to you. Gary Linacour, I hope I pronounced that right, at G S T F L L H A N says, Do you feel we've regressed compared to the quality of last season's performances and a lack of creativity from Pochettino by picking the right tactic depending on our opponents? What's your thoughts on that question, Jace?
2: I think overall, we've probably, probably the quality of our game over the 38 games hasn't been as good as it was last year. But I think there's there's reasons for that. I mean, we've I think we we're what four wins less than last year. Uh, I think we we're what about 20 goals down on last year, something like that. And we've we've obviously conceded a few more. So uh, <coughs> it's hard to say we haven't. But I think there are genuine reasons to, f- for that. I think you know we had that that early period at Wembley where it was a struggle. Let's be fair about it. Oh, Those was, first yeah. few games, what was it? Burnley, Chelsea, Swansea, Bournemouth. Those those four games were a, were a real problem for us. <clears throat> and obviously we've had serious injuries or serious absences most of the season to a number of the, the key players. For whatever those reasons are, I mean, Toby's reason is our own fault. Danny Rose has been out injured. Wanyama has been injured for a long time. Musa Dembele hasn't had that fitness that he had last year, week in, week out. We've lost... Harry Wink's to injury. We've lost Kane, what, two or three times now to injury. uh, Lamella didn't come back till, I mean, realistically, Lamella wasn't around till January, was he? So, you know, there are reasons for that. But um, I don't feel like we've regressed that much as a football club. And I still think we're in a a great position to build next year on what we've done this year.
0: Mm, Talk about building. That's a perfect segue into my next question. And John, over to you. Do you think, John, you look at this squad and the performances recently, I just think for me, and you maybe disagree or maybe agree with me, I think he's absolutely Pochettino I'm talking about here. He's got the most out of this squad, and for me, he's just simply exhausted now, the tools at his disposal. And you can just see recently now, for me, there needs to be some kind of investment in the summer, two or three players, because you do feel like now we've kind of hit a certain ceiling in terms of the performances that you can get out of these players. You know, he's done a wonderful job. To get us in the Champions League again, it's been brilliant, but is the need now, John, for some real significant investment in this summer? Two to three real key additions that are going to really push this squad on to hopefully get Tottenham up to that next level.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You do feel that he squeezed every last drop out of yeah. this, this current group. Mm. He, I, I mean, we've had that feeling probably since Chelsea away this season. I think, yeah. you know, the performances have been a bit up and down since then because he's relying on the same core of players week in, week out. And as right, pretty much every manager does as well, but then when you look at the fact that you know this, how much has been spent on certain other clubs compared to ours over the last three or four years since Poch has been there, then he really is doing it like he's he, the job he's doing is unbelievable. Really, I don't think there's any anyone else better we could have bought in after Sherwood than him no, you know, to, to yeah. do what he's done. Well,
0: it would have been an upgrade, Joe, wouldn't it?
3: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But if you look at you know, all right, let's take the managers who we were league with. During that time then, Frank it. De Boer... LVG. ...is statistically the worst Premier League manager mm-hmm. that's ever been. Seven games, no wins, no goals. Yeah. Louis van Gaal's just a clown. <laughs> you know, I don't know... The other managers we were linked with at the time, I don't recall, but... What Podge has done with this group of players, and, you know, we've just... What it is, I think we've reached that point, like Man United did under Ferguson, where they didn't need wholesale changes every no, summer. No. And we was at the point, in the two, three years before... Pochettino turned up where you're, you're having a turnover of 15 players per window in the summer. You're getting seven or eight in, you're letting seven or eight go. And it, you, to get that type of continuity is just impossible. I think now we're, you know, f- the the familiarity breeds confidence amongst the team and it's worked for us. But yeah, I do feel that now is the time where, <clears throat> especially the only thing that worries me about this summer is the fact that all of our players who were there last season, have seen Kyle Walker leave for Man City, earn a shit-tonne of money, win mm. a couple of trophies. Yeah. And you do wonder whether the players individually <clears throat> will continue to believe in the project or will decide that, for, for well, for short-term, at least, financial gain, that maybe that that's the way that they want their careers to go. But you'd like to think the core of players that we rely on wouldn't want to do that.
0: No. It's quite funny, John, so you say that. Chris Lawton says, i this, John. He says, how much does that game just cost Daniel Levy in player bonuses getting Spurs into the Champions League again next
3: season? <laughs> well, the thing is, Rick, you've got to understand how much, you know, whatever, it, whatever extra the players get, it's probably a, a drop in the ocean compared to what the club will receive.
0: Yeah, of course. I yeah. mean,
3: if you think, if we finish third, it's 30, 34, 36 million, I think, from the Premier League. There's another, what, 70 million or so from the Champions League run. So factor into another Champions League run next season. You know, most expensive season tickets in the country. Mm. You know, net spend of nothing. Well, that's why know, we, John, much. we're
0: surely expecting now some kind of real investment. If you're going to charge fans, you know, the top dollar in terms of the ticket prices, you've got to produce the top dollar in terms of the players on the pitch. I think that's more well, than well, fair.
3: Well, absolutely. I think you know there, there there comes a time, and this is probably the time where that bit of yeah. give and take's got to. You know, we've got to, we've got to see that now. I think people, you know, there's been rumours about Gareth Bale and players like that, but that's what it's going to take, I think. One
5: Mm.
3: humongous marquee signing to get everyone excited, inject some new blood into the the team and, you know, to get, hopefully we get a good start next season and obviously that that will help. But yeah, this is the time now. You know, if if you (laughs) consider that, we've managed to get three Champions League, um, three years in the Champions League back-to-back whilst building a new stadium. So if you consider the amount of finance that that would have drained from the club, you know, building the stadium, and we have still managed to achieve that. Once it's done and the income starts to come in, you know, like I said, like I, I said um, on our "doomed to fail" show the other night, <laughs> we'll find out this summer whether Levy's plan was literally just to build an extension on his house to then sell it, or whether it's an investment in the future. Because you know, this is this is. I think there's a bit of a crossroads we're we're coming to now as a club, and we need to see significant investment. Absolutely, in the playing staff, back the manager. Reward the players because yeah, that's the most important uh, thing.
0: Reward these players, John.
3: Absolutely. All right. You can say they earn, you know, ridiculous amounts of money as it is, but that's that is what it is.
5: Mm. And
3: if it, if whatever amount of money it is, is going to keep a player from going to another who could be useful for us, you know, obviously Toby is the obvious one at the moment. Of course, yeah. You know, the amount of money he would cost to replace. I think it. I'm not saying we go gung ho and he starts chucking money around. I don't think Levy would ever do that. But now's the time to loosen the purse strings a little bit and say to these players, thank you, you know, and that's what, you know, if you given the opportunity and I will, I'll do that on Sunday, we'll stay behind for the lap of honour and, you know, to thank the players, it's been a good season Yeah. and hopefully Levy feels the same way and he'll put his hand in his pocket.
0: Yeah, I think we're all hoping that, John, we're most certainly hoping that. If you can tell, guys, we're half an hour in, we haven't spoken about, about the Newcastle game because, to be fair, it was pretty dire pardon the pun, <laughs> uh, but we will be talking about Newcastle very soon. Just a couple of more questions on the depth coming round to you, Vass, Shri asked the question, is it time we redefine good squad depth? When we have the bench, when we have all the players fit, it's a very capable bench, but we can say we, re- can we really say we have a deep squad with the quality on the bench when it remains that we have four or five injuries? What do you think, Vas?
4: Um I think, well, it's it sort of carries on from what uh, John was saying about investment in mm. the squad our transfer dealings over the last couple of seasons haven't been that great I mean I know we've got to do things a certain way of because course, yeah. we don't have the financial clout of the the other clubs but it, which means we've got to be smarter somewhat and look for value and, and, and what have you but of the players that we bought last summer for example you're looking at Foyth, Lorente, Aurier Sanchez, and Mora.
5: Mm. Okay. Yeah.
4: So, of all of those five players, only Sanchez was pretty much a regular this season, and you'd have to wonder whether he would have been had Toby not injured himself so early on in the season, uh, regardless of what was going on with his contracts, etc. So, none of the players that we bought last summer really had an impact. Well, Aurier had a bit of a negative one, but that's another story. Um, giving <laughs> Bless away penalties Serge. every five minutes. He always
0: gets a mention, regardless yeah. of his <laughs> plan or not, these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then from the prior
4: season, obviously, we've got Sissoko, who people just can't wait to get oh, on his back. We're
0: coming on to him, Vass. Don't worry. We've got time. We're coming yeah, on to sure the show. Don't will. worry.
4: Um, so, yeah, so f- from that point of view, I think our, our signings have to be somewhat better. Um, so, we'll see what happens. I think. Larger contracts are on the agenda. I don't think Levy is stupid enough to think that he can get away um, doing what he has been doing now that the stadium's up, albeit that he's going to be, the club's going to be saddled with more debt now. I think that the large larger contracts are going to be coming. I think they, it, it's not going to happen straight away, though, and I've always said that I don't think that we're going to walk you through the door of the new stadium and Levy's going to be sitting at his desk handing out. Massive contracts to everyone. He's he's not that stupid, but I think they will come. So the sum is going to be quite critical for us. We need to get some. We need to invest wisely into players who are actually going to impact yeah. the first team squad. Because as a couple of the guys have said tonight. We seem to have squeezed every last ounce out of these players, um, and we need capable replacements or capable backups who are going to come in and do a job. Uh, albeit even temporarily to to give other guys a breather and to cope with injuries a bit better.
2: I think as well Rick questions a little bit unfair because if any team if you've, you've got four or five players completely missing through injury it will be reflected on the bench and I mean if you look at that bench last night there's still players on there that in the likes of Toby and Rose that normally would be first team players Lucas Moore, I think, will become next year. Whereas you look at that bench a year ago for that Chelsea semi-final, it was Lopez, Kevin Wimmer, and Vincent Jensen and that mm. none of those will be anywhere near the first team. No,
0: yeah. But
2: I think you know, I think it's very easy for the for the two Manchester clubs to have massive, strong benches because they they'll quite happily pay somebody two hundred grand a week to sit on the bench. But it's not so easy for not just for Tottenham. I mean, I looked at Liverpool Sunday at Chelsea and. Like I say, I know we focus on Tottenham, but you have to put it in context. Liverpool's bench at Chelsea on Sunday, Mignolet, Clavan, Marino, Henderson, Woodburn, Kings, Solanke. Really, is that much stronger than our bench? You know, you looked at Woolwich last night, Ospina, Mertesacker, Mustafi, Ossie 2-2, Willock, Nelson, uh, what's his name, Nikitia or whatever. You know, so I think you have to compare us to, to Woolwich and Liverpool mm. more than the two Manchester clubs because, you know, we we simply can't pay 180 to 100 grand a week to sit people on the bench.
4: No, you're spot on there, Jason. I think it's right that you draw that comparison as you did earlier on uh, with our with our form. You compared it to Liverpool's and Man United's also having dropped points in the last few weeks. I think Spurs fans tend to go into this blind panic. Um, when things aren't going perfectly for us, that's all the time they've
0: had it.
4: When you look at Twitter, Well, you believe that? <laughs> when's, it you when's, when's it a good time? Was it a good time to go on, on there? But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it's uh, it's some, some of this stuff is not something that is just uh, a Spurs issue. Mm. If, if you know what I mean, I, I, was, I do believe we're on the right track, and, and we need to keep a little bit of perspective. Of course, you want a trophy. Of course, you want to progress. And I definitely want to see us win the Premier League before I pop the So, Oh, you're not the only
0: one,
4: um, Yeah, so it, it's stuff that we're working towards. And at least I think now we have uh, a manager who can at least get us somewhere close. Uh, yeah. And we need to build on it, yeah.
0: No doubt about that. John, I want to come back round to you and link it to the Newcastle game. So, in terms of the team selection we saw, we had Spurs revert back to a back four, with the and pass fit the start in the heart of the defence. Saka replaced Lamella as both Dyer and Dembele missed the game through injury, while Davis was preferred to Rose at left-back in Spurs' penultimate match of the season. John, when you saw that team, I always ask this question, because I'm always fascinated to kind of get, obviously, reaction was you surprised at all by that reaction of to the team? Because I think many maybe were expecting bigger scale of the season. Why isn't Toby in that squad? Why isn't Mora in that squad, bearing in mind the impact you know he made against West Brom maybe wasn't as great, but there's that question asked. What did you make of it, John?
3: Well, I, I did expect the four two three one just because we went with a back three at the weekend and obviously didn't score. And I'll, you know, as another thing we touched on on the Doom show that, that will never be spoken <laughs> Guys, about honestly, again. I you would not say... want to listen
0: to it. This is this is much better content. Tell them, John, <laughs> is it? Tell them. <laughs> well, I, I,
3: one thing I did say there was <clears throat> that we would probably get an idea as to Toby Alderweireld's future mm. um, in the games against Newcastle and Leicester, purely based on the fact that Carl Walker was left out of the last few after West Ham last season. So, Man United and Arsenal at home, Hull and Leicester away last season. Trippier started three of them at uh, right wing back and Sissoko played away at Leicester at right wing back and Walker didn't get a game. So, when I saw that Toby wasn't in, it was what I expected. But I also think now that it's time for me probably to accept that he won't be a Spurs player next season based on what Poch did with Walker last season. But in terms of the rest of the team, you know, because of injuries, it was really what it had to be. You know, it was was always going to be Wanyama and Sissoko in that central midfield area and then you know, he, he, uh, there's a question mark over whether it's Lamella or Moro or Son who starts as well as Ericsson, Deli and Kane. But, yeah, no surprises as far as I was, I was concerned, mate.
0: Can I ask you, John, you mentioned about Alderweireld. Drew Styles asked the question, when Toby came on against Newcastle, the crowd became electric. He puts in brackets, not another Toby question, but it's somewhat a statement from him. Surely the club has to do whatever it can to keep him. I couldn't see a single defender being signed that would mean as much as keeping Toby to the majority of the fans. And it's a very good point, John, because at the game, there was such a massive uproar when Alderweireld came on. I mean, he's so popular amongst the Tottenham fans. And I think like many of us now, anyone logically, um, we're assuming he's going to be departing the club. But there's no doubt about it, John. is he, he, adored by the fans, isn't he?
3: Absolutely. I think, you know the best way for the fans to, to get across how they feel was to, to react exactly the way they did mm. when he come on. And it was nice to see. And hopefully, I mean, you don't know what it might do to the psyche of a player. And maybe he's thinking, well, they, they do love me after all. You know, we, we've commented before about his <laughs> his social media campaign where it's been a bit been well, a bit lively. Lately. I, I want to get that me.
0: HR person running mine because he's bloody brilliant whoever that is. Isn't he? He's fantastic. <laughs>
3: Well, the thing is, he tweeted today. You know, looking forward to Champions League football next season. The only problem is, he didn't mention which club he'd be playing in it for.
5: Mm.
3: Playing for in it, rather. So we'll see. But yeah, listen, it, that's the that's the main difference between, you know, the the potential summer departure last year, uh, this year compared to last year is the fact that were we that bothered by Walker. I mean, we were, but not as much as we are with Toby, no, right? No, not at
0: all. Yeah.
3: So, when Trippier started against Arsenal and against Man United, we weren't surprised. There was no uproar. It was just like, you know, Tripp's a good player. He'll, he'll do a job, and he did in those games. And he, he showed himself to be good enough. And again, in my opinion, this season, he's been great again. So, yeah, it, in terms of the the fans showing Potch and Levy what they think and, and Toby himself, then uh, hopefully he heard the message loud and clear. But... The one thing, I'll, another thing I say about the team I forgot to mention was that it weren't so much the way it started; it was the way it ended. So you got players going off injured, and we end up with a, a double midfield pivot of what? Sissoko and Danny Rose <laughs> for, the, for the last little bit. And I would absolutely fucking love to see Rose and Sissoko <laughs> playing <in> central <laughs> through midfield on Sunday. Could you imagine? Could you imagine, just, the Twitter, could you imagine a Twitter? Could you
0: imagine a of Tottenham Twitter is going to blow up, John? <laughs> imagine that. The fuck yeah, is but, going on here? <laughs> Surely no-one would care, though, by then. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, John, you'd be surprised, mate. I think there'd still be a few arguing. I'll tell you what, when they
4: announced the team yesterday, Sissoko was playing, I just came off a Twitter. I didn't go back on again get (laughs) until after the game finished.
3: But the thing is, you've got to remember, gents, right? In the Bernabeu, it ended with Rose and Sissoko and Winks as a midfield free. And we managed to get a draw that night, didn't we, against Real Madrid. So, yeah, did.
5: Yeah. you know,
3: maybe maybe Danny Rose has found his calling. He can't get into the team at left-back because of Ben is form. So maybe we'll see him in central midfield. But on a, on a serious note, I'm hoping Eric Dyer's has recovered from illness mm. and Luzer Dembele from a twisted ankle. And hopefully we'll see a much more uh, familiar-looking midfield if, if Wanyama doesn't make it. But, you know, it's another thing that Poch has had to deal with and has done so. You know, to end the game... With the eleven that was on, in sort of all skew with positions, and still to hold on, there was some there was some balls on that Wembley pitch last night, and that every single player deserves some credit. It was a like I said earlier, scrappy win, but one of the most important of the season, and hopefully they take that confidence, play with a bit of freedom on Sunday, and and we end up with a, a another win to to end the season. That'd be nice.
2: The only thing about Toby coming on, I thought possibly his uh, substitution was was part of his uh, social media campaign because I'm sure the supporters absolutely loved seeing him come on. Didn't you, Jase? Absolutely... Come on,
0: didn't you like seeing him come on as well?
2: Rick, Rick, I, all I mean, Rick, is it was absolute perfect timing to come on mm. just as the Chelsea result, flished, well, 1-1 was flashed onto the big screen. You
0: know, Jace, it wasn't just that, though. You've got to be fair, at times, and Sanchez, he no, 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 this I, season I, as well. First no, no, in the no, Premier League. No, Rick, you looked a bit shaky Rick, didn't Rick,
2: last night, Sanchez. Rick, mm. Rick, everyone wants to see... Everyone... No, but I don't know any person, Yet. despite all the nonsense that's written, mm. that written, that wants Toby to leave. Oh, I have never you. once said, I want Toby to leave. No. I wrote that big article that said Tottenham should do everything it possibly can to keep Toby, but it shouldn't give him whatever he wants when we don't know what he wants. Well, he that's might not want to be all here the I've Club ever
0: scroll, said. Jace. I think we all acknowledge exactly. that. He might not want to be here. Exactly. So, no, well,
2: that's
4: the, that's the thing I was going to say. We Goal, don't us. even know if he wants do we? Yeah. we? don't
2: know what he wants. No. But, yeah. but like I say, it does help you get a fantastic reception coming onto the pitch. if the game that means most of you last night flashes up as a 1-1 draw. <laughs> at the exact moment, you come onto the pitch. Yeah. That yeah, is, yeah. I'm sure there were one or two of those 50,000 cheers. Suddenly noticed the Chelsea score and thought, well, wow, and, and that got a reaction at the same time. Of but, course. you know, brilliant substitution at that moment.
3: So, Jay, are you saying that um, Toby's had a word with trips before the game and said, look, if Chelsea do no, about five minutes to go, son, do me a (laughs) favour.
4: It won't be Toby that did that, it'd be his PR team. Yeah,
0: don't don't forget the PR team, they're the real (laughs) ones in this, they're the real successes out of this whole bloody thing. Vas, can I ask you, coming round to you, Sally Reeves says, why leave Alderweireld, you know, to sit on the bench... Until the last ten minutes to go. I mean, maybe Sally's referring to the fact Sanchez at times was having a bit of a, oh, a bit of a calamity of a game. I mean, let's be honest about it. Sanchez overall this season, Vass, he's been absolutely brilliant. He's been fairly consistent. You know, it's his first full season in the Premier League. Um, such a young kid as well, 21 years of age. Would you surprise Vass for you to not see out start or come on earlier?
4: Not really, Rick, if I'm honest, because it harps back to what we were saying earlier about the way Kyle Walker was treated last season. Now, um, Pochettino clearly is a stubborn fella. Um, it might be a good trait. It might be a bad one. Mm. Uh, and it could end up biting him in, in the arse at some point. Um, but he's not the only uh, manager who is like that. If I read back in you know history books about bill nick or arthur rowe or whoever else you know it was always about team first and if individuals didn't buy into the team thing then they they weren't sort of part of it or they were frozen out and, and things like this and you see examples you know of quality managers in recent times like ferguson used to freeze people out Yapstam and the like so i can understand that there's maybe something like that would Toby's treatment. But hey, look, you know, when Trippier went down, um was Aurea out last night? I can't remember. Was he was, he was, was injured he not on the bench? Yeah,
0: Oria was injured. Oria was injured Oh he yep. was
4: injured. Alright. So, you know, he turned to Toby because he needed him. Um but I wasn't surprised that he he he, he didn't start. I kinda of half expected it because of the fact that the back three didn't really work at the weekend against West Brom and I thought he might go back to a back four. I was half hoping that he might actually rest Sanchez and play Toby and Yan, but um, it didn't come as a surprise to me, to be perfectly honest.
0: I mean, John, bring it back round to you, just how much credit do you think Pochettino should maybe take here for the fact that, you know, he may have a few disgruntled players in the background, the likes of Rose, how he obviously had to deal with those summer comments, Alderville if he uh, say Alderweireld, if he does want away. Tremendous amount of credit, John, surely, for Pochettino to be able to manage that behind the scenes whilst keeping together. Tottenham in a top four challenge to get Champions League football again. Do we underestimate sometimes just the man management of Pochettino behind the scenes? He mentioned it in the book with Walker how he had to deal with that situation. It seems like maybe he's had the case again this season as well, John.
3: Well, yeah, it does. I mean, all it does mean is that the sequel is going to be a bloody good read.
0: <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> well, have a,
3: well, get his get money's worth. back on again.
0: Yeah, yeah, get him back on. <laughs> don't worry about that.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. It does. I mean. It's, it's not going to be plain sailing at every club there, there's, there's players there's you know there's obvious ones at every club you've got the situation with Luke Shaw at Man United and you've got uh, um, people on the back of players like uh, um, Mustafi at Arsenal and Wilshire's not been given a new contract yet and it's just one of them This it's one of the things that a, a modern day manager at a top club has to deal with mm. you know the, the one thing that comes with playing all these games is that obviously you've got, you've got, you've got, you got you're going to have to have a big squad but They can't all play at once. So you're always gonna have players that are disappointed to be left out and players that wanna play in certain games. You know, Danny Rose came out and said he was disappointed he didn't get to play against Arsenal, didn't he, earlier this season?
5: Yeah.
3: I think my advice for Danny Rose after what he did last summer would just be shut the fuck up and be grateful. Yeah, keep your head down. Keep your head down. Exactly, Mm. exactly. And I think if one thing this season has taught us is that if if things like that happen at the beginning or during the season it does give us a chance to sort of see how life will be without those players. And we have seen that this season. You know, the amount of game time that Alderweireld and Rose have had has been minimal, really, compared to, all like, right, minus their injuries, even when they've been available. It's not like they've walked straight back into this team. So you're looking at next season, Sanchez, Vertonghen, Davies, and Trippi or Aurier will be the back four. You'd imagine, unless something... You know, unless Toby has a massive change of art, or, you know, we do we do a bit of business and maybe... You know, you've got to look at the future. Jan van uh, is 31 now, so you don't know what might happen. Although he's been incredible this season, eventually oh, you'll yes. need to replace him. Yeah. But I think what happened last season was it happened right at the end with Walker. You know, it didn't come out until April or whenever it was. So you, you're at a point now where the majority of the season's done, and you haven't really got the opportunity to, well, not experiment as such, but just like I say, see how, see what the future might look like without that player or players. If, you know, if there's more than one that want to go. Yeah. So from from that respect, I don't think this season's been as bad, even though it's more than one player that seems to be causing them a little bit of a problem. Mm. But you can't imagine that you know players like Moussa um, Sissoko. Going back to him, you know he, he's got he has had game time in some some of the big games. But you'd think it, he would, you know, as much as we berate him at times, he would get more minutes if he played for another club or played for a manager that uses players in a different way. For example, so it's got to happen all the time. You'd be disappointed. If you're a manager and a professional footballer, is happy just to pick his wages up and not want to play. You'd be, I would be more worried about the players that are not moaning about it. To be honest with you, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, like we like we we think we're gonna we'll have another an, a, a new, new number three and a new number four next season. That's what I I believe will happen. But we'll see. And if not, then hopefully it's because Pod has, you know, he's he's managed to. to not that he needs to, to, to work on these players and say, look, this is where you should be. If they don't want to be here, then they can go. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you don't want players there who don't want to be there. But we'll see. I think this might be a bit of a a turning point if Pochettino can get these players to stay. You don't want Tottenham to be seen as the kind of club where no, you can no. kick up a fuss and you'll ultimately get what you want. Of course not. You know, and that's pretty much what happened with Walker. Although, you, you know, there weren't really much choice to be had, I suppose, from either party, but... We'll we'll see, we'll see. I'm just looking forward to the transfer window shutting before the season starts (laughs) for the first time in August. How about you and
5: Jase?
3: I think it's August August the 9th it shuts, Mm. so we'll see. So, first game of the season, the squad's in place and I'm hoping that uh, Alderweireld and Rose are still there, but if they're not, life moves on time. The football club will beat them. We'll be there in the new stadium.
0: Yeah, time is running away with us tonight, guys. I want to try and fit as much as possible. Just on Sissoko there, John, you bring him up. Pochettino claiming how Marisa Sissoko should be, you know, lauded for being so professional in terms of his performances this season. What did you make of that, Jace? Is that a farewell for him? Or is that a five-year contract waiting to be signed? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, you'd, you'd have to give me the Marisa Sissoko question. I'll get Vas's well. no, thoughts on it as well we <laughs> it all summer. We've we've said he's not good enough, we need to move on. I think he needs to move on. I think the comment was was more a comment at the supporters that have of just hurled non stop abuse at him from, from booing him onto pitches to the ridiculous nature of social media. He deserves a pat on the back with us. that's all I took it as, mate. And he's he I mean even last night he, he didn't have a great game at all, but you know, we lost at West without him, and we were poor against Newcastle with him. But to, to, for some people to label every single fault with the club on Moose's Sissoko's store last night is ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, tell no, what, it is. Go on, Bass. It is.
4: Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, please I,
5: go for I,
2: it.
4: I think I, I think um, Pochettino's comments about Sissoko and those about Hugo, when he said about uh, people that have been criticising Hugo need to go and have a lie down because he's one of the well, best well that's uh, what I was going
0: to ask you about that as well Vas. Yeah, I mean just about, right. just on Hugo can I ask you a question in here from Andrew Bolf who says credit for Lurie's Hugo's taken a lot of stick this year for some gaffes in big games but you could argue the game against Newcastle there was a lot of pressure on us to clinch that Champions League place and he was excellent while most of his teammates looked lethargic could have gone terribly wrong if it wasn't for him I mean, it's a very good point Vass, isn't it
4: yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And, and as I was saying, I, I think the comments that Pochettino made about Hugo and about Sissoko just sort of told me that they're plainly aware in the club of the the, the general mood that's out there and the comments oh, that oh, are being made. Media. What, where, yeah, yeah. Not just yeah, social media, also the press as well, because I think they were on the um, bashing Hugo bandwagon and and the feelings around Sissoko as well. So. I think he took an opportunity to, to have a dip back, which he doesn't normally do. So they're clearly plainly aware of it. Um, yeah, I think... He,
2: he, also, he also had a pop at the, the crowd overall, didn't he? Or not, not sort of pop at the crowd, but he made that comment of, you know, the atmosphere in the crowd does seep down onto the pitch and things like that. And you can dress that up in a positive way, as if, say, he's saying, get behind us and mm. cheer us on. Or it, it can be a little note of, you know what, the, the constant negativity, particularly in that Watford game, it does affect the players after all. And I think I think Vas is right, he had a he had a he had a little jibe but one or two of the, the critics yesterday that have just constant negative ridiculous. And I said didn't I last week, Rick, all season we don't have pace of width, it's poor in game management. Every single player at some stage this season, early in the season Delhi and Erickson were getting it. Now Kane's come back, it's oh we've rushed him back, he's put his golden boot before it. Every single player, probably other than Jan, has gone through it this year. And we get the tactics wrong, it's poor in-game management, we're too slow. I I see so many faults in our team by our own supporters. And yet, somehow, we're we're not battling relegation.
5: We're not battling relegation.
2: It is. It's a miracle (laughs) we're not. Because when I read how bad a team we are, and just how many things that's wrong with our club, I think how the hell has this club finished third, second, and third? Mm. Because I tell you what, we must be doing one or two things right uh, when we're doing these 758 things wrong. That's for sure.
0: Bit of perspective. Well,
4: it's all, it's all the hindsight analysis, isn't it? Everybody's a great analyst in hindsight of, of the facts. I mean, the game against West Brom last Saturday, Pochettino probably set up the way he did because he felt that West Brom were going to attack us, which they needed to do because they, they needed to stay up. So, you know, you make your decisions before the game. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And all this negativity that does feed off the terraces, and I think we've both um, been singing off this same hymn sheet, Jace, about um, the mental toughness. It's not just about the mental toughness of players, it's the mental toughness of the fans as well. Of course, yeah. How many fans walk into that semi-final against Manchester United thinking, oh, we know it's going to happen. It's Spursy. We ain't gonna do it, and yeah, blah, We are, blah, our, own, blah. We are and, our
0: own worst victims at times. We are
4: right. our own worst enemies at times. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. And
4: yeah. Um, yeah, and and all the bashing of people like Sissoko on, you know, it it, it, it filters through. You know, it just it just does. Um, mm.
0: So in
5: a way,
4: you've just got to take it and move on. With Sissoko,
0: Vass. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Every Tottenham fan, with Technological Spurs fan, they'll tell you we know he's not good enough. We know he's nowhere near yeah, the first eleven. But yeah. the problem is, you know, the other night we had. Dyer out, we had Dembele out, we had Winks out. <laughs> Who else has the
4: bloke got left to pick? Listen, uh, I think I've, said this, uh, I've said on this programme before, Sissoko is not my, my, my favourite player, no. don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I find myself sort of defending him from time to time because the criticism he gets is it, it's a bit OTT. Once he's, once he's been selected and he's put the white shirt on...
0: You've got to support him.
4: You need to get behind him yep. and hope he has a good game, right? Not sit there trying to crucify him. Um, I, I mean, of, of our players last, last night, I thought actually Sonny was one of our worst performers personally. And he sat at the golf he's cane. not likely to get. <laughs> well, yeah, that was probably the only decent pass he made. Everything yeah. else yeah, was yeah. bouncing off him and going all over the place. But, you know, it's, it's, it's perceptions, isn't it? Of People course. view players a certain way. And if they've got you tagged as a, as a bad it's just going to stay there and I'll tell you what if we sell Sissoko at some point then all the fans will do is focus on the next weakest link it's been happening since time immemorial yeah, we've always unfortunately we from-
0: yeah we've already had a scapegoat we all yeah. know that
4: yeah I remember Johnny Pratt back in the 70s <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got to go back, John, and ask you just about Lloris. I feel like we do need to give him a bit more coverage. I mean, it was a wonderful flying save in the first half, John, to deny Jamal LaSalle that header. And then followed up in the second half, John, by a perfectly timed starting tackle. You know, right in the middle of the box. His second straight game in a row, John, where at Wembley, he's made a great interception to deny the opposition. And like Vass said, Podicino's comments after, if someone criticises Hugo Lloris, it's better to go home. He's one of the best in the world. So I think that answers... Any, you know, doubt as that? I think Pochettino he's going to stand by his man this summer in terms of Loris.
3: Absolutely, I think he's just a wonderful player. I, I love, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love him. I think he'll, he'll go down in, in the history of, of this club. You know, his next season is going to be his seventh uh, season at the club, and. Perhaps when we signed him, you never thought he'd be here that long because you see how good he was straight away and the absolute shite that he had in front of him when he first came and he called That's probably you know, being it, though, kind, John, that
0: word, shite, for that, what was in front of him at the time. Poor
3: bloke. <laughs> well, we said, didn't we, I mean, we've, we've all said over the years, you know, if, if he was Steve, you wouldn't blame him. But I think now the club's sort of caught up with him, if you like. And you think he is a, go- a goalkeeper that should be playing regular Champions League football and our, our club is too. Then, you know, the stars have aligned for him, but... He's a, a magnificent goalkeeper. He's, he's by far the best I've ever seen play for Tottenham. And to be fair, his missus is lucky she got there first because I'd, <laughs> I'd have his babies, no problem. But in terms of what he managed to do on Wednesday, he was commanding. Like Vaz said earlier, you, you did you see him giving it beans a lot. He was, he was coming out and he was really, really vocal and he seemed to be probably as up for it as I've ever seen him be up for a game. He really yeah. led. And it was lovely. to. I don't know if you've seen it. When he come off the pitch... And he was greeted by a Tony Jimenez, and uh, Hugo shouted uh, Champions League, and he was going "Vamos, vamos." <laughs> so he, he, they, the players clearly knew what had gone on at Stanford Bridge, and you know to see that kind of reaction, and for the players to care that much, because that's all we want ultimately. Oh, of isn't course, it? we do, you don't yeah. want a team full of mercenaries. No, right? no, no you, want, no. you want players there to actually give a shit and represent the club in, in the way that is expected. And Hugo Lloris is just an absolute. He, he's like a model professional as well. He's off pitch; he never. He's not falling out of a nightclub, pissed out of his face at four o'clock in the morning. There's yeah. no controversy surrounding him. He seems like a really nice bloke. You know, he's obviously a great goalkeeper, and uh, I'm hoping he, he manages to. He gets a testimonial in a few years' time because he, he'll definitely deserve it. Maybe be the first testimonial with the, the new ground. But for what he managed to do against Newcastle, like I say, it was imperative. He was very, very, very good. The tackle we made on Matt Ritchie, even though Matt Ritchie claimed the penalty, which was obviously he's going to, but that was nonsense. And yeah, a couple of the saves he made, that one especially from the cells. And then there was another where Perez was, uh, um, he, he bundled over the Tongan and he's more or less one-on-one and takes it early, but doesn't catch it too well. Your heart's in your mouth a little bit. And maybe if, if there was another keeper between the sticks for Tottenham, he might be. But yeah, he, he's, he's one of the best. He's, he's a probably a legend already at Tottenham I love Hugo Lloris and long may continue that he's between the sticks for us
0: yeah very much so Jason we've nearly got an hour without even mentioning about the goal the most important thing of the game Harry Kane now the joint sixth top scorer in Spurs' history of 138 goals I mean a brilliant finish Jason it wasn't a finish of a guy you would say looked lacking in confidence at all
2: uh, it, was, it was a bit more like the, the typical Kane finish that we come to expect wasn't it just Nice, nice little bit of inter passing. One of the few times we put a bit of passing together, and then just clips it in. Really, just passed it into that top corner, didn't he? And showed his showed his ability. And that's the thing. He's, he's I think, as John said right at the start, we're talking about a bloke now. with have got four goals in his last six games, and yet he's woefully out of form and, and and doesn't look anywhere near the player he did. And I think that that says a lot for for Kane. And um, you know, we're also talking about players with eyes on the World Cup and things like that. he came back from that injury really early to the benefit of Tottenham when there's a lot of people who would have thought no 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 I'm not putting the World Cup at risk and we don't know the damage that ankle did suffer and and how bad he felt it so I think the fact that he wanted to rush back for Tottenham does him a lot more credit than than some people give him uh, give him for that's for sure
0: yeah, most certainly. John, a word on Harry Kane. Another goal for him. I think, like I Jason said, it's four goals in six games. It's hardly a bad run of form, John. He's only two goals now behind that golden boot going into the final game of the season. You wouldn't bet against him, would you, John?
3: You wouldn't, mate. He's a, obviously an outstanding centre-forward and I wonder what odds on a on a hat-trick for Kane on Sunday. <laughs>
0: oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, an incredible form. And just a word for Sonny... 23 in terms of being directly involved in more home goals in all competitions for Spurs this season than any other player. 14 goals, nine assists. I mean, it's fair to say that that Sonny has tailed off recently, but when you look at his overall contribution this season, he's been right up there, hasn't he, in terms of being one of Spurs' main providers, along with Eriksen.
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was a period where he was undroppable, wasn't he? Um, but he, he's tailed off quite, quite badly. Um in this past month that's coincided with our dip in form really Uh, and as I said earlier he wasn't very very good at all I thought yesterday uh, unfortunately and it looked like he was almost about to break down into tears as he was substituted uh, (laughs) last night so I don't know maybe he's just going through a rough patch, needs a bit of a lift gets his smile back perhaps but um, hopefully if the players can all play in some relaxed manner on Sunday um, we'll, we'll Get, give him a smile to finish the season off with yep
0: yeah, agree well come on in, guys let's cram in the Leicester preview I can't believe we're doing Jace. I can't believe we are sitting here doing the final game of the season it's mad isn't it you know, when you look at it and you just think god it's been a long long season but um, it's, been br- it's been absolutely brilliant doing these shows, I've got to say. But in terms of going into that Leicester game, Jay, Spurs to simply better Liverpool's result on Sunday to finish third. Given how the media have talked up Liverpool all season, how big an achievement, Jays do you think it would be to finish above Liverpool, given the money they've spent in the last couple of seasons in comparison to Spurs?
2: I don't look at it so much in that. I just want to finish above them so that that uh, that two-two draw at Anfield becomes an even more meaningful result. That, that that's really it, mate. I, I mean, I've hated them for donkey's years, regardless of how much they've spent. I've i hated them more than Chelsea. I was delighted that Chelsea beat them last Sunday. I think after Arsenal, they're the the side that I despise more than anyone else. So I just want to finish above them. For, and that'll be what eight years in nine that we finished above them. Don't hold back, James. Well. That's, How you that's really feel? Don't, don't uh, hold back. Just uh, <laughs> I find that you know every week when you see it, all those scarves go. I mean, there must be more scarves in Liverpool than, than, than anything else. I mean, it's <laughs> the stupid bloody Salah Mane songs and. Bollocks like that—they come out with <laughs> such uh, an insightful uh, fan base oh, I cannot stand them, and and that that sight of Jurgen Klopp dashing for the Mersey Ferry in the ninety-third minute, celebrating Sellars' goal, and, and and us going straight down the other end and, and getting a result from them anyway. I just want that result to be meaningful, and and for the for the saltiness to come. That like, if it wasn't for Eric lamella's dive, we'd have finished above you. We've we've missed that for a couple of weeks. That's mm. for sure.
0: But, John, you know it's funny, Vas, bringing it around to you. Everyone talks about Klopp being this, you know, in, you know, brilliant manager, far superior to Pochettino. Everyone talks about Salah being, again, you know, high and mighty above Kane this season. I mean, after all that, Vas, can you imagine we go and finish above him? It kind of puts all that into insignificance, doesn't it, really?
4: Yeah, but the only thing he's got in in, in his credit, in his bag at the moment, is he's, he's about to go into a Champions League final.
0: Yes, no, no of course, um,
4: yeah. Albeit that he's had a fairly... Easy run there, aside from the Man City games, which credit to them, they did really well in. But he should be looked through uh, in the same um, uh, way as uh, Pochettino, really. And, and uh, I think Pochettino comes off a lot worse in the press, and it's purely because uh, Klopp is Liverpool, and Liverpool are always looked on favourably. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to finish above them, uh, and I hope they get dicked on by Real Madrid, to be perfectly honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no love lost here. John, feel free to have a dig at Liverpool, but can I also bring in the fact, John, that Leicester, I mean, they're coming off the back of a 3-1-1 against Arsenal, so they'll be buoyed by that, won't they? I mean, despite the ongoing speculation that Claude Poyle could be in the risk of losing his job, it might be the final chance these Leicester players have got to play for him.
3: Yeah, well, to be fair, it's a freebie, isn't it, playing Arsenal at home? <laughs> so, <laughs> right, yeah. <if> it is true, can <laughs> true. We can't, we can't really attach much credit to Leicester for that, and Jay, as far as the scarves are concerned, I know the answer to that. Every time you sign on, you get a free scarf. Which is why there's lots in Liverpool, so we've got to we've got to the bottom of that for you, mate. There
0: we go, there we go.
3: I think no, being serious, I think on the with Leicester, I think it's going to be a funny game on Sunday because it's one of them where all right, they've got absolutely nothing to play for. We've got, I think actually, I think they can move up one place. We can move up one place or stay where we are. Sorry, so. It all depends probably which team turns up in the best condition in terms of the least amount of injuries and which team can express themselves and play with a bit of freedom. I'm not, you know, our, our record at home against Leicester over the last few seasons hasn't been great, to be fair, like it, like it hasn't been against Newcastle before Wednesday. So, we'll see. But I think Claude Puel will be at a different club next season anyway. I think Leicester's that kind of, they're that kind of club. They're revolving Dortmund, aren't so they? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, you know, this This is what happens. This is what, oh, I know, it's, I'm not really going to compare because our our most recent trophy was the League Cup, theirs was the Premier League. But when you get one trophy and you cannot sustain that trophy push, you can't stay in the hunt for trophies, that's what happens. That is naturally what happens. It happens at every single club. You get a little bit of success, you know, the expectations rise, The new man, the manager that won the first pot can't cope with it, he gets replaced, the next manager can't and so on. It, it goes on and on and on. And that's just what's happening at Leicester at the moment. But you know, like I say, what's too worried about? It Sunday, I'm hoping for a nice stress-free day and a three points to, to finish the season would be lovely.
0: Stress-free day with Tottenham, John. You sure you're supporting the right club? <laughs> Come on, be honest. Be honest now. Come on, son. Come on. Well,
3: they owe us one, did not they? They owe us they one. They
0: do owe us, John. If they owe us, they've got they owe us for the last god knows how many years of a stress-free day supporting <laughs> this club. Um, Jay's coming back round to you before the Arsenal win for Leicester. They were winless in five. So, what kind of side do you think we're expecting to face? On Sunday, and what challenges could they pose us in terms of their players?
2: Well, I think in in this little period, we've definitely looked we've looked very susceptible to be to be broken on ourselves, haven't we? Lots of teams have been able to. I mean, Watford got in and behind us a number of times. Newcastle did last night, and um, and I think that's that's been the surprise and the one thing that Leicester have got. I mean, I, I can't stand Vardy as a player, and I don't think he's a, a great player, but he's very good at one thing. And that's the one thing that we struggle against, and I think Maris as well obviously gives them a little bit of quality. So I think if they they do like Watford and Newcastle did to us at Wembley, I think Leicester have got the the tools that way to hurt us. And I I just worry about us. I think because of the the knocks to uh, Yama and Trippier, and we oh, yeah, could end up with, like, hmm. yeah, yeah. We could up with a few square pegs. Yeah, we could end up with a few square pegs in round holes. And and I I think as well when you saw what happened to Trippier, it wouldn't surprise me if one or two of those boys and obviously for Tongan they had his problem at West Bromwell I recovered and I think one or two of them might well think, do you know what, the last thing I want to do is pick up a Knox. So I think you'll actually see quite a, a disinterested Tottenham on, on Sunday. They've got the main part of the job done. They're in the I don't think Cheers, I don't think the players Looking forward to be,
0: this one. I don't think Bloody hell. Disinter- no, I, I don't think to, disinterested Tottenham. I, Brilliant. I think it will be I think it will be a decent
2: thing and I think Leicester will enjoy playing in front of what's supposedly a, a really big crowd I think isn't it we are looking at you know 75 80,000 or whatever so mm. I think uh, I think it could be a, a a really end of season game for us and I I fancy Leicester to beat, beat us 2-0
0: Bloody hell, there you go. It'll start us off 2-0. Um, a final... Cheers, mate, one more a going. a I Yeah, Just no, sorry, bloody man. hell. Just upset the 80,000, Jase. What about that? <laughs> what a way to end it. Bloody <laughs> hell. I mean, can I ask you, Vas? do you think maybe if Jase says that about the team, a final hurrah for Alderville and Rose, potentially?
4: Yeah, quite likely, but probably as much down to injuries as anything else at this mm. rate. Depends if Dyer and Dembele are back. But listen, Progettino isn't one for too much sentiment, if I'm honest. I'd love to think that maybe in the summer... They'll sit down, shit it out. will be mates again and sign some new contracts. But there's got to be a, a willingness on both sides for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, with Danny Rose, it will all depend on if he's got any suitors left. Because by all accounts, Man United's interest is calling. Um, so he may not have many options ahead of him. Uh, whereas we know Toby will have options. But I don't know. It depends if, if, if we want to keep him and if he wants to stay.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, i tell you what then. Let's try and end the show on a high. Forget Jason's prediction. We're we'll going to ignore him for this part. John, let's come round to you. Come on, John. Set us on a high.
3: I'm going 3-1 Tottenham. I think it's going to be a nice, like I say, stress-free. We'll get an early goal and we'll go on and win. we we'll are go going to and go. win quite comfortably. Enjoy the lap of honour. Enjoy Wembley Park Station one more time. And uh, we'll finish third.
0: Finish third. There you go. You heard it here from John first. Vass, can you leave us on a high?
4: Um... Well, it depends on whether the players are going to be up for it or not. Like John says, they might be a little bit um, indifferent. But if they're up for it and they want to go out with a bit of a bang, I could see a bit of a high-scoring game. Uh, so, maybe 4-2. Four, 4-2 two.
0: Four, two to top them, just to confirm that. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. double-checking. <laughs>
4: Uh, no, no, I'm not like Jase.
0: we going to leave Jase where he is. I'm gonna also going to go with... I'm going to for 4-1 top. I think we are going to end on a hire. And fingers crossed, like I say, end Wembley in a real, real style. Jace, next week, season finale. Looking forward to it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and hopefully we'll have a few specials oh, over the summer. and and uh, But it'll be, it'll be nice to... Uh, get to the end of the season, know they've got a few weeks off from all the, the stresses and strains, and, and then uh, I think the fixtures come out, don't they, early in June anyway? They do. So, uh, and that's when the the new build-up will start, and it will be, the new season will be on us before we know it.
0: Yeah.
4: Well, you'll have to have a special win when we, when we sign Gareth Bale and bring
2: him back home, so oh, have of to do one we
0: We're on the show, <laughs> we on the show with us, don't worry about
2: that, i wish. The, the, <sighs> the irony is, vast even if we win and sign Gareth Bale, it's still half of the Spurs fans on Twitter wouldn't want him. Yeah, <laughs> I it. he's too injured, he's too this, he's too that. And so that's, that's why I hate the summer months,
0: mate. Uh, well, I can't say we have got some absolute cracking summer shows coming up, guys. I promise you. We're not going anywhere. Jason's not going to go anywhere. Believe me, he'll still be driven mad all summer. He'll be on this show as well, John. I'm sure we'll get Vass back on as well. Hopefully, we'll get the Hotspur America boys on because we've got obviously games in America. be great to hopefully get those lads on. Um, I will be speaking to Ken about that, even if Ken's listening or he's not. I'll be in touch, Ken. Um, I've got to Say, so John, coming around to you just to sum up, you've got a really nice story, John, that I want you to share and give us where you was last Friday night, John. This is the right way to end it. Go on.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to rub it in too much, but I had a better weekend last weekend than most Birds fans did, because on Friday night I spent the evening with um a certain Mr Glenn Hoddle. God. Um on behalf of uh lashing Sports Bar in Maystone who uh kind enough to get in touch and uh have a word of us. So I went down there to represent the podcast and uh yeah, we had a lovely evening with, with Glen Oddle. And I must say that uh, Arita, the bar manager down there, is a diamond. And uh, Vanessa, absolute legend Vanessa. And Ian Hewitt, who uh, arranged it all for us, he's a, a top, top bloke. And if if you're ever in the area, in the Kent area, I would highly, highly recommend having a trip down there to Lashings. It's a great little uh, sports bar uh, right in the middle of Maidstone. It's a great atmosphere in there. Food was good. Lovely little place. And, uh, yeah, like I say, it was a, a dream come true to to meet the great man. I got him to sign me White art lane seat. So I've got that memento from it. He's a uh, Don't worry about what you read about Eileen Drury and all that. Like, he's an absolute <laughs> diamond. He's he's a really, really nice bloke. I was a little bit surprised, I must admit, by actually how nice Glenn of the Wiz because you hear all these stories and you're not too sure. But uh, yeah, just again, to Ian, thank you very much, mate. Ian Hewitt, I love you. Well done, mate. It was a cracking night and uh, thanks for having us.
0: And George, do you think sometimes when they say... Don't meet your heroes. Does that kind of dispel that myth?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, that's absolutely nonsense. Do it. Go and meet them. Explain to them why, why they're your hero. Because I'll tell you what, they do love hearing these stories. I had a, a lovely chat with Glenn and, uh, yeah, he's, he's a top bloke. So if you ever get the chance to... Any of the Legends nights, to be fair, you know, we've yeah. had Crackers on here before. Yeah. Crackers does a lot for the Legends and uh, Mickey Hazard hosts quite a lot of them. If you ever get the chance, get down there and meet them. Because some of the stories, you know, it it, it really it, it really does make you... You know, it pulls your, your head out of the sand a little bit. Sometimes we get a bit too infused about what's happening today, but our club has got a rich history and tradition. And if you get to meet some of the players that were part of that, and it will build, you know, teams and legacies of the past. And for me, supporting Tottenham was because my mum used to tell me stories about Martin Chivers and Pat Jennings from that era and all the way through. So, if you ever get the chance, like I say, get down there. It's well worth it.
0: Yeah. Most certainly. Well, listen, I'm going to say goodnight to three legends of this show. First up, Jace, thank you as always. We're going to have you back on next week for that season finale, Jace. Cheers. Vass, thank you so much for having back on. Vass, obviously from Hotspur America, you can catch his podcast. Normally the first one to drop on a weekend. I'm sure we'll be catching up with the guys anyway from Hotspur America over the summer. Thank you again, Vass, for coming on so much this season. We've loved having you.
4: No problem, uh, Rick. my pleasure, mate. Oh, you've been Thanks
0: absolutely brilliant. Me. And John? Thank you for coming back. And as always, John, you'll be back on throughout the summer. I know you will be. We'll be desperate to get you back on.
3: Yeah, mate. I'll probably need picking up after England have been knocked out of the World Cup. <laughs> so it'll be really nice to come back and talk about Tottenham to cheer me up. A bit of enthusiasm for the new season.
0: We'll and, in touch uh, yeah, in a fortnight then, John, after the, after the tournament started.
3: Absolutely. I just <laughs> want to say as well, just one more time, thanks to every single person that listens. Oh, yeah, And course. every single person that takes time out of their day to send us messages yeah, on Twitter and what have you. Please, yeah. It really, really is appreciated. It's so nice to hear, even if there's some comments which, you know, uh, a criticism maybe, we like to hear back from everyone. And, you know, there's there's certain people, Shreyas, who's who's in touch pretty much every week, Kev Green, <laughs> he's on it all the time. There's a lot of people that I'd like to thank personally, but there's, there's too many of you. That's I just want to say to, yeah. to everyone, thank you very much. Yeah. Because without you lot, then there's no point in us doing this. No, you no, keep no. It going. It's
0: all about the fans. We always say that. that's what the show is for. It's made for the fans. We try and cram in as many questions as you guys try and send us. Jason all the time answers every single one of your questions each and every week, guys. As John said, there, if you do love the show, we love hearing your, you know, your thoughts on it. Get in touch with us. You can leave us a review also on iTunes at Last Word on Spurs. Keep sending us the positive feedback. We absolutely love it, guys, and we love you. Enjoy the show. Let's hope for third. And as always, come on you Spurs!